Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the Metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. 25 and 7 on the year. They're there and so are the The sound of our Syracuse Orange basketball team getting the news live that they'd be in the field of 68, avoiding the NIT for the second straight year. We'll see just how close it was after Davidson beat Rhode Island earlier in the day. We'll check in with the fan base in our fan feedback segment. An 11-seed Syracuse takes on 11-seed Arizona State for a play-in game in Dayton Wednesday, March 14th at 9:10. Let's go. Alright, what's up Cuse Nation? Thanks for tuning in to the Cuse Nation podcast with Sean and Joe. If you like it, please share it. We can't uh, tell you thanks enough for that. Alright, Joe. What's up? Sunday was rough. Sunday yeah. was rough, wasn't it? Was it was a long It was a long, long wait, wait. Till, to 6 o'clock. Uh, first, yeah. though, I want to express, and I'm sure I speak for you, how proud I am of this team for actually making the tournament. Um, they they scraped and clawed all year, and um, they took some hard losses, and they, they got a couple surprise wins, a top 20 overall strength of schedule. Yeah. I mean, I just love this team. I love their heart. I love their fight. Um, but, you know, and especially with uh, the, the Davidson win, in the Atlantic 10 conference. I thought yeah. that, I thought that did us in. I really did. But it didn't. <laughs> yeah. It did. Well, I mean, they definitely didn't make it easy for us those other teams with St. Mary's and Middle Tennessee State losing. Um Middle Tennessee State probably would have been closer to the bubble if they would have lost maybe in their championship game or something like that, but they lost to Southern Miss and they're opening round you know Nevada losing and we knew they were going to get in they got into the seven seeds so they were definitely in and then with Davidson who's not a bad team they're uh, playing pretty well right now but them them beating St. Bonaventure and then Rhode Island back-to-back days um definitely stole a couple bubbles and uh I was definitely worried that it was going to be one of ours without a doubt so yeah. Glad it wasn't. And at that point, when I, all I could think of, if if that did bump Syracuse out, who got in over us? Like, what argument was I prepared to make as far as, you know, all the things we talked about last episode with, with yeah. our numbers and our strength of schedule and everything like that? So um, I, I really feel like that. What do you think overall with the new quadrant system and being able to kind of look in and see how the sausage is made, so to speak, and get a better idea of, what they're looking at now, we know. Now we actually know what they what they want. Um, what's his name? Rasmussen. Yeah, was on. There was a video of him, and he was talking about away wins and strength of schedule were were two big components. And we we knew that from yeah. previous years, but right. Um, 
he he tended to stress it there in the in the quad wins, obviously. So how, overall, how do you think it it fared? Your faith, your faith in the in the in the quad system and everything altogether. I don't think it. I think all it really did, to be perfectly honest with you, is probably just make it easier to kind of see where the wins came from. Uh, definitely gave him something to go off of, without a doubt. But o- overall, they still looked a lot at what they always talk about. Yeah, they always talk yeah. about non-conference strength of schedule and strength of schedule and um, you know RPI. They always talk about stuff like that. They always talk about road wins. Um, so again, a lot of the time, a lot of the things that we've been left out in the past about you know that they say about us um we didn't have any of that this year so it wasn't wasn't pretty you know it wasn't anything spectacular it didn't stand out it's just we weren't bad in any places and we just matched up and compared very well to these other bubble teams that's why that's why we got in we got in strength schedule rpi just numbers basically no bad losses uh road wins good strength schedule that's why we got in these other teams, you know, they had some non-conference situations and issues. And even looking at uh, Arizona State, um, looking at their their resume, I would say that, you know, I, I would put us ahead of them. But either way, it's only one spot and we're playing them. So, And even, um, you know, being Syracuse was the basically the last team in. Yeah. Um, and we, we, through the Davidson win, Notre Dame was bumped out. And um, even even though I mean Notre Dame went on a run, Notre Dame has a good shot at, at the NIT. I think <laughs> if they care about it. Yeah, I know that's the thing, but that's the thing. But, and Bonzi Colson's a senior, so do you think he really? I mean, yeah, he probably not, doesn't care. Not gonna be that motivated. To, well, so is Farrell. Yeah. Farrell's a senior too. So anyway, but when you look at their numbers, though, compared to ours, we get we have to get in over them. I mean, I know they beat us. I know they beat us. It's one game. It's one game. They beat us at home, and that was a good win for them. Actually, it was probably a quad win for quad one win for them, right? Right. Uh, well, at the end of the year, yeah, at the end of the year, it still was a quad one win. So that was a good win for them, no doubt. Their RPI though was still a seventy, and their strength of schedule overall is uh, a forty-six. Yeah, um, and they had a worse loss than we did with their full team before Bonzi Colson got hurt. So, right. So it was it was close. Did anything surprise you, or was it once, once you really got to see it? I wasn't really surprised about much, to be honest with you. I was surprised that Syracuse. I like the way that. Yeah, I mean, I think it's hard not to think about it. Uh, I think that I always thought that they had the numbers to get in, and I just always thought that I, I just don't remember the last time, if ever, that. A 20-win team has, with a top 20 strength of schedule, has gotten left out. And then you're talking about, you know, we're top 20 in in non-conference and in strength of schedule with a good RPI and and all that. So uh, I just think that it would have been against everything that the committees looked at to to not have us in, to be perfectly honest with you. And I think it was one of those things that I talked about the last podcast, that as as the week went on, uh, as long as nothing crazy happened – I think that it, the more that people looked at it, the the more that uh, you know Syracuse's resume compared to everybody, and, and it actually was a little bit better. So, yeah, um, you know, and when did when did people stop rooting for a team that had overcome adversity in the entire year? You know, <laughs> I they mean, don't it, care. They they don't care. But um, I remember the same outrage was it two years ago 
um, when the same fools were doing the same thing, saying the same stuff, when we made it as a 10 seed, and then yeah. they, we made it to the final floor, and they still hated it. They weren't like, oh, well, it was justified. No, no, it was, it was, they just still hated it. And even though we made it there, it was, you know, pure luck. So we have. No, a lot of people don't like Jim Beheim. So I know, Syracuse I know, isn't really like either you love or hate type situation. I know. It's, it's fine. I'm, I'm fine with it. Um, so Joe Lenardi, he tweeted, uh, I think this was Saturday evening. Here's my thing with Syracuse this year. Unlike the past two years, they're just not that good. And I think an honest fan would agree. Well, the bubble team, <laughs> every single bubble team is just like not that good. I yeah. mean, that's kind of the point. But it's a good thing that we don't go just off of they're not just that good and we actually go off of real stats and raw numbers. Right. Because, I mean, you know, I mean, what kind of thing? What kind, he calls himself a bracketologist and that's how he goes. That's how he judged it. They're just not that good. That's why he kept them out. I mean, he says it right here. I can understand. <laughs> Sometimes, I mean, it's it's – Sometimes in the past, and in, uh, in including this year, we've had to play ugly to win. So if you're a fan of another team, I can see how it could be hard watching a Syracuse game. Oh, so, yeah. Uh-huh. And then on top of that, I know that there is kind of, uh, I don't want to say like a bad hatred, but people just don't like Jim Beheim. So you, you throw that all together and it just, you know, it just doesn't look spectacular. But if you really look at the games and look at how we stayed in some of them and some of the games that we won – um, they definitely are deserving. And again, uh, you can't really just be biased or you can't just go by like what you think, you know, you just have to, I mean, you have to look at the numbers. It's really the only fair way to look at it. So like yeah, I said, it I mean, was, it wasn't spectacular. We weren't spectacular. We weren't flashy. We didn't jump off the page. It was we weren't exciting to watch, but at the end of the day, we did what we had to do. No, so. but like, I mean, every, every win was, was, um, there was, there wasn't too many handily won games. Yeah, but losses too. I mean, exactly. Well, the, we we the the loss to Duke, the loss to UNC in the tournament, and the loss to UVA, uh, both times really. Those were our yeah. those were games where we really kind of got whooped. And in the the Wake Forest game, we got whooped in the Wake Forest game, the one we lost. Nah, it wasn't. We, we kind of did. I think it they, wasn't hit, as some, close, they but hit some they, shots late to kind of put it right, out. But, but I mean, it, it didn't come down to having a foul and, and things no. like that. So, I mean, but a lot but of the we games talked about did. it in the beginning of the year. When you play that many close games, you're not going to win them all. And when it comes down to it, you, we had, I mean, seven out of our 13 losses were to teams that were in the top 11 at the RPI. Yeah. Throw St. Bonaventure in there, and they were up there near the 30 mark. So, um, we didn't have bad losses, so we went and we did what we had to do, and we got some good wins. That Miami at Miami is a great win. So, well, I mean, um, Syracuse, uh, Syracuse.com was reporting. I think that I saw the uh, their non-conference. We said in the last episode their non-conference strength of ske- or their non-conference RPI. I'm sorry, was a 14, 14th in the country in non-conference yeah. RPI, and they had the quality road wins, Miami and Louisville. And then um, four games against conference champions in Kansas, Buffalo, Iona, and Texas Southern. Yep. And um, we lost against Kansas out of those four. So, I mean, it's pretty good. I, I think the strength to schedule thing, uh, the non-conference strength to schedule thing, I would try to keep that, you know, decent. Yeah. You know, well, not for nothing, too. St. Bonaventure 
They lost when they lost to Davidson in the A10 semifinals. That was their first loss since January, and they made it in as an at-large from the A10. So it's something they didn't do last year. So yeah, that's crazy. it's pretty impressive. And they're, yeah. I've watched them a bunch of times this year. They're definitely a good team. Yep. Uh, here's uh, everyone's favorite, Doug Gottlieb. Syracuse, <laughs> Syracuse being in versus OK State is just laughable. Getting extra credit for Buffalo-Iona wins in non-conference. Cuse didn't beat top three opponent in their league. Three best wins were at Miami uh, versus Virginia Tech versus Clemson. Lost to Wake, BC, and Georgia Tech. Okay. Yeah. Well, he, he he's talking about, see, this is what's funny about this. This is what's funny about this. Because in 2007, uh, Gottlieb had said, committee appropriately did not include Syracuse. You have to, you have to schedule people out of conference. Can't get in with low non-conference strength of schedule. In 2018, this was just the other day. How can Syracuse get in over Oklahoma State? Travesty. Com- committee screwed up. Cuse non-conference, by the way, this year was a 13, and Oklahoma State was 3-12. So, you know, he totally contradicts himself. I mean, you, you, these people, some of these people forget these tweets. are Unless you delete them, they're up there. They're going to stay up there, and you can find them just as easy as anything. So, anyway, <laughs> anything to say about Doug, Dougie? The hatred runs he's, deep. He's always Dougie. been a Cuse hater, so. Yeah, but um, you know, I mean, I guess there's speculation that he was he wanted to play for Syracuse. I think his mom went to school at Syracuse, and he didn't get recruited by Syracuse. So, you know, there's speculation there, but. Yeah, I mean, they didn't have a lot of bad losses, but they went 19 and 14, and again, like you said, I mean, they just they lost too many games. They just didn't have the numbers when it came down to it. And realistically, what they lose? Four, a, when they won four of their last 15 or something like that? That was what Oklahoma. Was oh, and that was right. my point. That was going to be my point was that Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, if anything, um, they should have. And honestly, I do think it's a, tra- a travesty that you look back and now Oklahoma State's a two seed in the NIT. So they weren't even one of the last four or first four out. So, and you can look at it as, I mean, looking at Oklahoma. I think there's other teams out there other than us. You know, I, I honestly think, to be perfectly honest with you, now that I mean, I know that we're in, but I think that we could have been a little bit higher. You know what I mean? I think we still could have been a playing game, but I still think that we had a better. I still don't know how Oklahoma got out of playing a playing game. So, True. yeah. Uh, well, uh, uh, Dick Vitale was making that point. We talked about that earlier. Um, right. I'm talking about switching the two, basically, but. Yeah, well, he'd rather attack Syracuse than Oklahoma, another Big 12, because he's got a Big 12 bias. So he'd right. rather keep as many Big 12 teams in as possible. So he's going to attack Syracuse. But the uh, people that know, know any better know that the, be- the better um, comparison is them and Oklahoma. So, All right, Jay Bill, this is the last one for these. Uh, Jay Billis brought up a point that you brought up to me. I went back and found it, and uh, I wanted to mention it on here because I think it's he's a smart dude, man. Yeah. I mean, this guy is, is thought out, and he's smart. An example why at-large selection decisions should be made last Sunday based upon regular season only. Alabama has multiple extra chances to boost its resume, while mid-majors like Middle Tennessee and St. Mary's can only hurt themselves. Conference tourneys should be about automatic bids only. Joe, I mean, what do you do? I mean, traditionally... You would say, no, no, you got to have the, the tournaments, too. you got to have the tournaments, too. But he makes a good point, though, because there are teams that can only hurt themselves. 
and in yeah. in the you know the it, it's going to be mid majors mostly, and right. you have teams like like in Alabama and even like I mean Syracuse could have really helped themselves yeah. out too. Yeah, well, and you know what too, it's difficult too, especially with some of those other you know mid major and smaller schools is like. You dominate a conference for so long and you just get, you know what I mean? You're playing for one thing and it's like you do so well all year, but yet you still have to win these last however many, you know what I mean? So, I don't know. It's just difficult. So It is. It is. Um, all right. You, go ahead. Well, I, I was just I was just saying that it's just – it's pretty I, – I would like that because there are some teams that don't really uh, even – I would like to say and venture to say that there's there's teams that really don't care if they win their conference tournament some years just based upon what situation they are in health and how their team is going. And they already know that they're going to be in. Um, Sometimes a lot of teams just kind of overlook it because there's a bigger picture. But those are teams that already know that they're in. So I I don't know. I would be I would be interested to see to see something like that happen. I would. I would. You'd know earlier the bracket would be pretty much set. You'd just be filling holes. It'd be kind of exciting, you ask me. Right. You know what I mean? So, yeah. all right, any final thoughts? Syracuse making it in? I'm just happy as, you know. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, just, I'm just happy, man. It's right. definitely just better to get in, bro. It's right, better to get exactly, in. exactly. So, uh, real quick, this will be the 33rd time in 42 years of coaching that Jim Beheim has taken Syracuse to the NCAA tournament, and this will be the first NCAA tournament appearance for every player on the Syracuse roster except Frank Howard. All right, Joe, time for fan feedback. If you want to get in on some fan feedback, go to Nation, or facebook.com forward slash Cuse Nation podcast and at Cuse Nation show on Twitter. Uh, Jeffrey says, Cuse has one of the best non-conference schedules with the highest win percentage with it. Plus, they have some good wins resumed. It won't give them a decent seed or go far or have easy matchups, but they should make the dance. I would rather see them at this point head for the NIT, even if seeding a win, even if seeding a win chances alone, whatever that means. I'm just, re- I'm just <laughs> reading. I'm reading verbatim. Um, so basically, what he's saying though is that. He would rather have Syracuse be a high seed in the NIT than be a, a scrub seed play-in game for the NCAA tournament show. What, do you agree with that even a little bit? No. That's stupid. <laughs> <laughs> well, Sorry. Charles, it just Charles, Charles responded, uh, better, uh, never better to go to NIT over the NCAAs. That's exactly right, Charles. I agree. Right. No, I agree. Absolutely not. Um, Tim says, so many people said this season was over. But they're in, so all it's all good now. Back to being fans. Yeah, that's kind of, you know, you have the, you still have oh, the back deniers. back to being fans. Yeah, yeah, back to being fans instead of being uh, cynical haters. I uh, wonder how many fans just didn't even watch and just didn't find out until like the next day, or somebody texted them or social media. Well, we got our in-house hater, and he he was on it. So, um, uh, Terrell Lee says, "Fantastic news! Congratulations." Some wonderful young men. Let's go, Orange. Glenda says, wow, lifelong Cuse fan, but not sure about this. I will be cheering for Cincinnati. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't even make any sense. Oh, yeah. Okay. You'll be cheering for Cincinnati. Okay. All right. Well, that's random. All right, but. Glenda. You have fun. Uh, Gwen. So thrilled for them. They deserve a shot. No player deserves to be on, on the tournament court more than Tyus Battle. Tyus, you know, 
he he's awesome. I you know how much I love Tyus. I don't know how much I've said this on the air, but I love that guy. I love his demeanor. I love his attitude when he does get going. He's like he's like a quiet. He's like stealthy man. He's stealthy. Silent assassin. Yes, he is. And his reaction on that video of uh, them watching the selection show live. His, yeah. was, his was the best, dude. Moyer's was good, too. I was happy to see Moyer super excited. I really was. Yeah, I hope it lights a fire most, under them. Yeah, that's the most alive The most seen. energy I've seen from <laughs> Moyer in a while. No kidding. I guess, it's, I guess it's foot's okay. He's jumping around. Yeah, no enough. kidding. And by the way, Moyer, uh, our, our buddy Beheim is seen in the back of that video. You and I, we talked about that today. Yeah. So he and, was in um, there celebrating with him. So I guess it's not going to be tough for him to... Uh, to, to get in next year and be friendly and oh come on he's been around the program his whole life uh, I know but he's hanging out in the locker I, mean, I guess he probably did hang out in the locker room dude he's I'm probably sure. been a ball boy forever you're probably right you're probably right you know going to practices and stuff um no just an FYI too I saw today uh, I saw an article that uh, Tyus Battles draft stock he's gone up I guess to like 35th or something like that yeah well the last I saw was just outside just outside of um First round pick. So, yeah, I mean, you know, it depends on like Malachi Richardson. You know, it was the run in the NCAA tournament that really, happens all the time. man. yeah, so if he comes out and he he shines and he's on the spotlight and they win two games. Uh, yeah, well, we'll see. Uh, Brandon B. He's a he, love the Brandon B. Love it. He, he says love it. Well deserved. I keep thinking on paper. There's no way we're not attorney team. Yeah. Right there with you, bud. Yeah, that's what we were saying. There's no way we can't make it in, but, you know, there's so many little things that can happen that um, can spoil it. So, (laughs) at QSLove44 on Twitter says, the highlight of my night was hearing at Matthew Moyer 13's laughter. Let's go orange. Um, Yeah, we mentioned how, you know, the boy showed signs of life. <laughs> it was exciting. I was, uh, that really, that, I, I enjoyed that too. Um, at Cuse2015 on Twitter says, it's laughable when people say Syracuse doesn't have a good reason for their struggles this season, like they haven't been dealing with injuries and a player leaving. Yeah, and I mean, you could go back to, we've talked about this, we've probably beat it to death, in fact. You go back to t- losing Torian Thompson just a few weeks, a month before the season started. So yeah. and then you know you got the injury with with Washington, but then Sadibi and Chukwu. Sadibi's having se- he's going to have surgery when the season's over, and Chukwu has tendonitis as well now. And we lost Geno Thorpe. Yeah, Geno Thorpe is gone. So yeah, at Q's fifteen, it's been a lot of adversity, and to be able to pull out the season yeah. that we've had, like I said, and I mean I I think I'm ready to claim that this is probably the Go best. Go ahead, say it. The best Jim Beheim coaching season. I mean, with it's, what it, we have, with what we have, it's excellent. And I mean, we we talked about at least at least top five. But he's always had well, yeah. Talent. But you've got the. I mean, he's got, got some talent, but he, I don't know. I don't know if he's ever had this. Can we be honest? We can we be honest? We got we we got Tyus Battle as the star of this team, and although everybody does pitch in, and and they've all all including Howard for the Howard haters. Even Howard has shown that he he belongs to be there, in, yeah. my, in my opinion. And I don't mm-hmm. like the Howard haters uh, hating on Howard all the time, but uh, it happens. That's what happens when you when you're an athlete. Um, yeah. At Orange Fan 2013, 
the best the best is seeing Tyus's reaction, and that's how that's how we know him watching and waiting, then full on battle. And he's talking about the video we referenced previously. If mm-hmm. you haven't seen his reaction, it's the best. And there's two different angles of that. It's it's great. So um, yeah. I, well, I, how many times did you watch that video? I watched that video last night probably like. I think my even my wife watched it like three times. So it was I'm not amazing. allowed to say, but <laughs> <laughs> no, it's <laughs> it was it was definitely great. But at the same time, like I said, it's tough to when you think about. Yeah, I mean, like again, I talk about it all the time about thinking ahead and stuff. And you know that Tyus Battle just he wanted to make the tournament, and he I don't think he was gonna leave Syracuse without going to the uh, to going to the NCAA tournament. You know, so. It's just tough because now that's just one thing that's just not going to be on that list of why he might stay or go, you know, and that's just the selfish fan in me. So I definitely would rather make the tournament than try to get a player to stay, obviously. But I just know how good we're going to be if Spit Battle stays. Yeah, so. I'd rather I'd rather make the tournament, too. But uh, if you can get both, I mean, hell. I just got a funny feeling, man. If he goes, just if he this goes kind off of stuff like Malachi Richardson us, did. You know what I mean? Yeah, I just feel like we have a good we have good matchups. We, Obviously, for an 11 seed, it is what it is. But with with, I re- think, with the recruiting class coming in, though, is that a trade off that you're okay with at the end of mm-hmm. the day? With the recruiting class and then the transfer Elijah Hughes, the transfer from Eastern uh, Carolina, East Carolina, I think it's definitely going to be a trade off. I think if everyone stays, then Bayham's going to have a tough time finding minutes. I will miss battle though. I really will. Oh, who won't? But it's the same thing with, you know, but everyone that's kind of came through the last however many years with Tyler Lydon, Malachi Richardson, Tyler Ennis, Michael Carter-Williams, Deion Waiters. Yeah, exactly. You can go back almost a decade with these players that only stay two years and then they're gone. I know. Or one, so. Right. All right. It is what it is. Yep. Mark says, Cuse, young team hung in there all year, gained experience. Yeah, I mean, look at look at some of these guys like Frank Howard. You know, he'll be coming back. He's definitely going to be, he's definitely going to be a leader of the team. If Tyus stays, he's going to be, you know, integral part to the team next year, and um, yeah. it's going to be a big deal. Let's hope he stays, but we'll see what happens there with that. Yeah. Um, all right, big that's it. Fan feedback, like I said, uh, facebook.com forward slash Houston Nation podcast on Facebook. Give us a thumbs up there and at Houston Nation Show on Twitter. All right, dude. So this is it. This is it. We're going to Dayton. We get the late game on Wednesday, March 14th. So, Joe? Yes. Arizona State. I think they were, weren't they ranked at like in the top five at one or top 10 sometime earlier in the no, season? No, at some point they were up to like three or something. They were yeah. in top five. Yeah. Well, they started off, they, um, they started off the season 12 and 0 non conference. So that's um, why they ended up you know going up there so much so yeah, what happened to him uh, how'd they, how'd they I, end know, up in i have no idea game? man huh how'd they end up in a playing game Whew. i don't know they ended up 20 and 11 so they ended up 8 and 11 in the um in the pack 12 uh they're not their overall numbers at the end 66 rpi uh 74 strength of schedule and 103 strength uh non-conference strength of schedule um, there's nine conference wins that basically got them their uh, first NCAA tournament appearance under their coach Bobby Cur- Bobby Hurley. Um, they beat Kansas, Xavier, Kansas State, Vanderbilt, and San Diego State. 
um, in the non-conference, and that's what got them their bid. And again, uh, Bobby Hurley, I'm sure you've probably heard of him or remember him from the point guard back in the Duke days with Christian Leitner. He um, actually got a job to Arizona State two years ago from Buffalo. He led uh, Buffalo to uh, an NCAA tournament bid, and they almost actually had an upset. And I think you actually still to this day see the residuals from his coaching because you saw what Buffalo had done this year. So um, this Arizona State team is I'm a, it's going to go one of two ways, bro. Honestly, okay. I read well, something today. Boy, they, what are they? You're I, making me nervous. Well, I read <laughs> I read something uh, today that they compared them to the closest team that, that uh, in the ACC they compared them to was NC State. Um, they're not a really really tall team. They got a uh, a six eight uh, freshman white, uh, six ten junior, and a six seven sophomore Mickey Mitchell. Um, that's their biggest guys. So they do have a little bit of, of, of height, but nothing, you know, overly crazy. Uh, but they're definitely a guard oriented team. They shoot a lot of three pointers. They start three guards, two forwards. And the best one. And the one we have to worry about, uh, senior guard six at six, one Trey Holder is averaging uh, 18 and a half points a game shoots about 37% from three point. Um, and their other senior six, one guard, Shannon Evans, who averages about 16 and a half points, and he also shoots 37% from the line, and he actually shoots about 60, 65 to 70% of his shots are from the three-point line. Jeez. So, what is he from three? Yeah. What's that? What is he from three? 37%. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, I mean, they're freshman white. Um, he's, he averages almost 11 points and, and seven rebounds. And, again, they got a, a couple other guys. Uh, it's a C6-5 senior um justice he starts as well so and then another guy a freshman six foot guard remy martin believe it or not is his name and um so they 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 go seven deep in the uh, pac-12 tournament uh, they were averaging about seven guys averaging you know 16 to 18 minutes at least a game uh so they do play fast and, and they sub out a lot. And that's kind of was Bobby Hurley's MO. He plays more guard oriented, you know, kind of up in your face and, you know, uh, fast paced. So it's, um, it's definitely scary because again, I, th- I believe they beat Kansas actually at Kansas. So yeah. the, uh, the stats with Ken Palm though, is uh-huh. they have, he has them as like 124th defense and the 17th offense. What? Yeah. So, and that's Trey Holder guard. He, he he can go off. He's been he's been pretty consistent for a couple years now. So, and again, like I said, it's their first NCAA tournament appearance under Bobby Hurley. So these guys are excited. They got a video out there too, where I think they might have been at Bobby Hurley's house. I'm not sure the coach's house, but there's a a video, and they all kind of celebrated, and they all ran out and jumped in the pool with their clothes on and. She, it was kind of cool. So uh, they're definitely going to be pumped to play, too. So they're going to show up. Um, and they're a dangerous team. So yeah, it's they, like I said, yeah. it's one of those things where we got to play our game. 124th defensive-wise, I think our guards are definitely going to – I think we'll be able to – you know, our guards are going to have size. on. They have one six-five shooting guard who's probably going to have to to uh, to play somebody bigger. But the other guards are six one, So we're going to have – uh, a height advantage with the guards. I think our guards aren't going to have problems taking some shots over them. And 
we're usually pretty good uh, again on the offensive rebounding and a couple of these guys who just look a little bit I mean sophomore and a freshman at six seven and six eight. I can't imagine their crazy physical presences. So maybe we can get on the boards as well. Um again that that's what kinda makes me a little Yeah, it's a, always a little bit easier, you it, know what I mean? It's always hit or miss. It's why with this team it is so hard to kind of, you know, kind of predict anything. So, I mean, we know what they have to do. Obviously, they got to tighten up their defense. Because got to guard the three-point line. Got to guard the three-point line. and then Bottom line, make the big guys down low beat you. I don't think those guys are really the talent of the team. So, right. they're not used to scoring a lot of, you know, they're not used to being relied on to score. And if they it's play mostly... fast, you got to, you know, we're just going to have to slow them down. I mean, yeah. Uh, we haven't had a ton of success on slowing teams down. Um, other than being on offense, you know what I'm saying? It's just um, we've gotten killed in transition by a number of teams this year. So, well, those are the st- I mean, those are the things we've talked about it all year. Yeah. Um, by the by, the numbers. I mean, I feel like we shouldn't have a problem being able to out rebound this team, and hopefully, uh, we can get some fouls on some of these smaller guards, uh, get to the free throw line like we always talk about. And because of the way that they play, as long as we can stay, uh, come out on the three-point line and not allow them to just rain threes down on us and we don't just have bad turnovers, which can force to, uh, you know, like you said, transition points, fast break points, then I think we'll be okay. But Yeah, keep it close. Pretty much, yeah. You know, you know it's going to be close. Come yeah. on. Yeah. So, um, all right. Well, Wednesday nine ten, whatever the hell that yeah. means. <laughs> yeah. Nine ten. You know, uh, a little fun, little fun tidbit. Yeah, give it to me. Uh, last time we played Arizona State was actually in the uh, NCAA tournament two thousand nine. Really? We only played Second, them. We've only yep. played them once, right? I don't know if what the all time is. I just know that that's the last time that we played them. And I remember watching the game. It was 2009. We were, it was the second round. Um, I looked up a little bit of it today um, just to kind of have a couple stats and a couple, you know. Um, but I think it said Eric Devendorf scored 21. Andy Routon scored 17. We we beat them to to go on to the Sweet 16. And they had uh, James Harden on the team. James Harden was uh, with Arizona State. We held him to ten points. Yeah, that's so. right. That's right. I read. I read about that. Uh, yes, last night. That's right. Yep, I, I remember that. So, and I still to this day watch James Harden in the NBA and do not understand how he played so bad against us. And unless the two-three zone just messed him up that bad, or he didn't have teammates, I don't know. But I remember watching him like he's not an NBA player, and then he got drafted, and I was like, <laughs> suckers. <laughs> and all of a sudden, this guy is. <laughs> so, yeah, there's just a little little tidbit about uh, Syracuse, Arizona State uh, history. Awesome. All right. Well, that's it. We will get back here. There's a day. If they win, there's a day in between. And uh, we'll just have to see. We'll have to play that one. Um, yeah. As if they comes. win, I found it out. It's Friday night, 940. Okay. Friday night, 940. If they win. Uh, if against they, TCU. If they lose, obviously, we'll we'll try to get back here as soon as possible. Uh, let's hope for a win, though. And, uh, yes, sir. Maybe we can let two by before uh, before we have to come back and and they get the little break in between. So, all right, for Joe, I'm Sean. We're out. Peace. 
Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast.